Welcome. Fertility treatments have come a long way since their beginning. Today, we're going to talk with an expert about what patients can expect on their fertility journey. My guest today is Dr. Libby Brown, Clinical Psychologist, Wellness and Counseling at Deaconess, the Women's Hospital. Welcome, Dr. Brown. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm hoping you can tell me how you're involved and what role you serve with the fertility services at the Women's Hospital. I'm involved with the Women's Hospital through Boston IVF, which is part of the Women's Hospital, and that is where people often begin their journey in terms of working with Dr. Griffin and his people in his office and are referred usually from their family doctors or their obstetrics doctors in case they're having infertility issues. And then as part of that journey, they get referred to me. They they have multiple things they do on their journey, lab work and genetic testing, being examined physically with the doctor. And But part of that, after they do all those steps, they come to see me. And after they see me, they usually are toward the end of the journey and ready for one of the procedures, such as the in vitro fertilization. So that I'm part of that that team as as a professional just to kind of bring the whole piece of the journey together. Great. I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Dr. Griffin and his team. What type of fertility patients do you see in your office? Really, almost everyone that goes through his office ends up over here. So I will see someone that if they've been trying for over a year and they have not been successful, not using any kind of means to prevent and they end up being referred to him. I may see them at the beginning of that journey. If they have been working with him and they're at the point that they're getting ready to do like an embryo transfer, I will see them to see if they have questions and kind of give them some guidance of of just what the procedures are like, what to expect, what other people have found. They also refer people to me if they're going to use a known or unknown donor egg or a known or unknown donor sperm, which is another way of of coming through and trying to have a baby. I may see them if they're going to use a gestational carrier, which is someone that maybe you can't carry your own through one reason or another. You can't carry the baby and they're using your egg and your partner's sperm or or a a donor site sperm, and they can carry the baby for you. So at some point, a variety of people come through here. God, what a valuable resource. What should patients expect when they come to the appointment? I think they often really don't know what to expect, to be honest. Many people have not been to a therapist before, and many come in with kind of the question of why, if we're going through this IVF procedure, do we have to see a psychologist of all people? So the first thing I do is is try to kind of line out what to expect, which is that I'm going to help them. I'm not an obstacle. I think many worry that there's some kind of test or clearance or something that's not going to let them go forward. So I immediately try to put them at ease and let this be a place where they can discuss their their frustrations and their fears. Kind of the journey that uh, by the time they see me, they've had a lot of ups and downs emotionally, 
It's exhausting. So it's kind of support for that process, kind of helping label some of that anxiety, the frustrations, the disappointments, the sense of loss if something didn't work. So I guess what they expect when they come in may not be what they get, but hopefully they leave with a sense of support and some information. Yeah, it's kind of a safe place to land between things, right? Yes. Why do you feel it's important for fertility patients to see you prior to their treatment? I feel that the the patients, when they get here, they are exhausted a lot. And when you're trying to kind of try to gather up your emotional resources for that possible sprint toward a finish line and you're already exhausted, it's hard. It's even harder. And so instead of it being a relief, it actually can be additional stress because now you've put even more of your hopes and dreams into this procedure. And what if it doesn't go right? What if what if it doesn't take? And so I feel like being here is a place to openly discuss that. Sometimes couples or partners will be protecting the other one. So they're trying not to act like they're worried, upset, anxious, depressed. So they've been kind of hiding that and keeping it in. And then they become exhausted. So it's really sometimes an opportunity for them to to kind of see where they are emotionally with each other, taking turns of leaning into one another and getting ready to hold hands and jump. But a lot of times I just feel like it's important for them on that emotional energy level, but also a safe place to discuss their fears and anxieties. They may have wanted to go with that unknown egg donor or unknown sperm donor, and they have their own fears and reservations, but they didn't want to say anything to the other one. So sometimes it's an honesty place that they end up being able to say here what they couldn't say somewhere else. So it's kind of let's all be on the same page. And sometimes just to answer a lot of questions that they don't know where else to ask. And sometimes that one of the first questions when they get to the point they're comfortable in the session is, is like, what do we tell our child at some point? Do we tell them that we went through this procedure to have you? Do we tell our family, our friends? Do we not tell? Is there a better age at which to tell a child? How much do you tell? Do you never tell? So a lot of times they bring those things in here because they don't have anywhere else to discuss those. And they're asking opinions of friends and often they're on website and support groups. And this is just another place to run those questions by. Right. That isn't Google, right? You know, getting yeah. all kinds of wild and crazy answers. You know, they say there's no manual with parenting and I'm, I'm sure the manual is much thicker for people who are going through infertility. What advice do you give to patients experiencing infertility? I think if I were to try to give advice, first of all, you have to see if they're going to ask for it. But I think as they're going through the journey and and it becomes so much a center focus, all your hopes, all your dreams, all your conversations, you stay in limbo. You know, you're doing procedures, you wait for the next appointment. It, It is a very emotionally difficult journey. And if I could give advice in the overall picture, Try not to lose sight of what else is happening in your life at the same time because there are people that love you and people that you work with and families and other events that are going on. And sometimes after a length of time, they begin to mourn the time they've lost because they've been so focused on this. So I, I wish I could. You can't, you can't feel advice until you're at a point to receive it, but 
I've had so many say they felt like they had lost time, that I, I wish I could reinforce all the areas of your life that you're moving through, not just this one. But also what I've discovered is they're very good by the time they come to my office. Most are accepting that this is either going to work for them or not, and they love one another no matter what. So for many couples, it's been a true recommitment of how strong we are for one another. And, and I would I would hang on that and take turns of who's the strong one today and just keep living your life while you're pursuing this. All right. Life doesn't stop just because you're in the process. Is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation or maybe say to people who are thinking about embarking on this journey? I think one of the things that I hear a lot in my practice here is that at some time or another, they feel either mad or or jealous that others seem to be having babies so easily. And then they feel guilty for thinking that if it's a best friend or a loved coworker or another family member. And those are honest emotions. You can't help but be a little jealous of someone that all they had to do was try once or someone you're at an age where you're going to a lot of baby showers. And that that is a very common theme. And I guess I just kind of want to support the people that are going through that and let them know that that range of emotions, it's just real and it's just honest. And, and to express it and get it out to your partner or a good friend rather than holding that in, because that that's a difficult emotion to admit that you're having. Because eventually in your journey, you'll you'll be you'll be at a point where you are or not having children, but you'll be past the point that that is, those negative feelings are there. So I guess I kind of want to add that because it's sure. so real. No, it is um, definitely a process. Yeah, it is. And I I, um, I think that's all I was going to say that I would add. Okay, well, it's been such excellent information. I have to say that I feel calmer having just spoken with you for 10 minutes. Oh, you're sweet. What a wonderful presence and what a value and an asset to Deaconess. Dr. Brown, we really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much for making this easy. And that wraps up this episode of the podcast series from Deaconess the Women's Hospital, a place for all your life. For more information, go to deaconess.com slash the women's hospital slash services slash Center for Healing Arts. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Deaconess Women Hospital podcasts, and we thank you for that. For more health tips and updates, follow us on your social channels. This is the Women's Hospital, a place for all your life. I'm Deborah Howell. Thanks for listening, and have yourself a great day.